Are you a small business owner or someone who has a real interest in building your own brand? Then deep dive into the UP Consulting Group's Business Building Bootcamp, the annual convention and training camp for entrepreneurial spirits. Join us this March 5 and 6 to discover how you can unlock your business potential. This program is brought to you by ParcelBear. ParcelBear is the first eco-friendly courier service in the metro. They use craft paper and corn mailers for their packages and deliver the next day. But they are more than just a courier service. ParcelBear envisions their service to be the most friendly and trustworthy in the industry. For more information, visit www.weparcelbear.com. Based on the Youngblood column of the Philippine Daily Inquirer, this is the Youngblood Podcast. Stories written by the Filipino youth that inform, empower, and inspire. I'm your host, Leah Angela Shoko. Almost everyone has that one answer when asked the question, what is the secret to success? To some, it's confidence. To others, it's grit. In the case of Ayan, he was told that it's discarte or resourcefulness. He writes about his thoughts on this and its effect on our society in his essay, Discarte. I thought that was what we were supposed to do until I saw it in action. Now I hate it. Kailangan madiscarte ka. This is what a relative told me after I graduated. He must have thought I needed a pep talk before I joined the unfamiliar world of adults. He was right. So I took every advice, asked for it even. I was always a learner. I didn't have any filter for the advice given to me. Discarte seemed like an important positive word. If anyone wants to be successful, he needs to have it. If you don't have it, you'll get left behind. The word seems harmless, but semantics is a tricky domain. We often have different interpretations of the word. I have my own, and my advice-giving relative has his own. It was 6pm in Makati when I lined up for the bus. Well, let me rephrase that. It was 6pm in Makati when I stood at the bus stop. There was no visible queue. Men were scattered in front with one or two women. Most of the women were far in the back with older people and those accompanied by children. It was one of my first few commutes. The first time I experienced rush hour. Naively, I told the men around, Paunahin po natin yung mga matatanda tsaka babae. None of them looked at me, but one spoke, Di ka makakauwi niyan, dapat madiskarte ka. Memories of my relative flashed back. I remember that one time when he crossed the pedestrian lane when the light was still red. Wala namang manguhuli, tsaka nagmamadali tayo, he said. At another time, he told my brother it was okay to cheat because, in his words, kanya-kanyang diskarte lang yan. I realized it was not just this relative of mine. It's a lot of people I know. You're probably remembering similar people now. But sometimes, it's also me. It's probably you too. It's easy to follow the rules when things are going well. But when it's time to rush, or when we have to pass the subject, suddenly the ideal thing to do is let go of our principles for the sake of discarte, for the sake of not falling behind.
We're probably the worst at this in the world. We're the only country that boasts of resourcefulness as a virtue. But for whose sake? It's only for ourselves. Do we really fall behind when we hold on to our principles? Do we fall behind when we choose to let the older people get on the bus first? I did it daily for a couple of years and I got home in every single instance. Oh, you have a family waiting for you? Those ladies, kids, and older people have families waiting for them too. They're more worried about them than your family would ever be worried about a strong, able, middle-aged man surviving the daily rush in the metro. It's never about other people when we choose to go this misplaced Carter route. It's always rooted in selfishness and self-centeredness. I believe Filipinos are madiscarte, but discarte for your own sake is no good. Aside from resourcefulness, we are also the country that boasts of bayanihan. We should bring that back. Ian's essay was published last October 13, 2020. Today, he joins me on a call to talk about the Filipino culture of being resilient in Madiscarte, the work he's doing as a content creator and business person, and lastly, his own take on what it really means to be successful. First off, welcome to the Young Blood Podcast, Ian. How are you? How is your 2021 so far? I'm good. 2021 has been really busy for me, but I'm very excited about a lot of things, and including this guesting, this podcast guesting. So thank you for inviting me, Leah. Thank you for coming. And if I'm not mistaken, you have your own podcast as well. Yeah, I do, but I'm contemplating if I'm going to continue doing it for a lot of reasons. <laughs> Yeah, no pressure, no pressure. I totally get you. Yeah, but before we head on to your essay and just total dissection of it, I want to ask you an icebreaker question. So are you ready for that? Yeah, I'm ready. Cool. So my question is, in your opinion, what is the most beautiful sound in the world and why? For me, it's uh, the sound of the beach at night, specifically at night because... You know, just the crashing of the waves and not thinking about anything really. Kaya I really like it at night. Kasi you're not thinking about the next day or whatever. It's just dark, completely dark in the beach. And you just can hear the waves crashing. So you're mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah, amazing. Are you a fan of Titanic perhaps? Because it just brings me those vibes. <laughs> the yeah, night. those vibes. <laughs> I, I yeah. haven't thought about that. But I'm not a fan of Titanic. But yeah, it gives me those b- vibes of a little bit of danger because you you don't know what's out there or what's behind the darkness. Something like that. Yeah, for sure. It's both beautiful and at the same time a little bit scary. Yep. Yeah, so totally agree. It's like an oxymoron of a condition. Yeah, anyway, with regard to Descarte, I want to know why you wrote it and what pushed you to send it to the Philippine Daily Inquirer and what was your reaction when it got published? Basically, to encapsulate it all, what is your young blood story? Descarte, sinulat ko muna siya on my personal Facebook profile and mahilig talaga ako magsulat based on my experiences lalo na from my corporate days of commuting all of those things I experienced a lot in my corporate job kaya din hindi na ako nasa corporate ngayon it's because of those experiences that I also like telling other people and that's just one of those things na kinuwento ko sa mga Facebook friends ko I really don't publish personal stories for a larger audience kaya doon ko lang siya pinabi so I have a Facebook page that's under my name 20,000 followers mm-hmm. and 8 plus 1,000 followers pero 
dun ko muna siya pinablish. A more personal take on it, I just published it on my personal Facebook profile. And when I published it, a lot of people, madami silang opinion about it and most of them are contradicting. A lot of people PM'd me and they told me na hindi sila nag-agree ganyan and that I will eventually change my mind because wala pa ako masyadong experience. And that's when I got triggered to submitted to Inquirer Young Blood and wala akong ibang nasa isip nun but to have it published by a major publication as an article. So, naganap lang ako sa Google. Hindi ko pa alam nun yung Young Blood Inquirer and the first result was Young Blood and there was an article teaching kung paano daw mapapublish siya sa Young Blood, ganyan. And I didn't really follow a lot of those things. I just ended up submitting it, a very rough version of it sa email. Kinabukasan, nag-check ako for a couple of weeks. I checked every day if na-publish na ba siya. But sumuko na din ako eh kasi everyday mag-check ka, it's not really efficient for for anything, for productivity. And then three months later, na-realize ko or naisip ko, ano na kaya nangyari doon? Baka na-publish hindi ko lang alam. Ayun, tama nga ako, na-publish siya nang hindi ko alam just four to five days after I submitted it. So, na-surprise talaga ako and sinabi ko talaga sa lahat ng friends ko, very close friends sa family. And I even asked my mom to to look for a physical copy of the newspaper of that day because I I just think, I am not sure. And I can't check. Hindi ko na siya matcha-check eh. There's no way of checking it eh. So, medyo nililet go ko na rin yung paghahanap ng newspaper on that day. Pero, ayun, it was a total bliss for a couple of days. Sobrang masaya. And na-validate nga din yung pagiging, yung paggusto ko na magsulat. Kasi I'm just a really big fan of writing. I don't consider myself a writer per se or an author. I'm just a fan of it. I like reading stuff. Mm-hmm. And this may be a delayed congratulations message, but still, I'm so happy for you. Congrats on your published essay. Thank you, Leah. And I hope you keep at it. I hope you keep writing. Because apparently, you have a talent in writing. Specifically for Descarte, your essay is a testimony of your apparent passion for fairness and justice. Did you always have that 100% energy and commitment for equality and the common good ever since you were a kid? Or were you a late bloomer in the sense that you developed this conviction after you got out of school or when you got a job, basically later in life? It's a bit question for me because I don't think up to now that I'm 100% for equality or fairness. It's... Sobrang gray area kasi siya eh, for a lot of people and including me. So, madaming times na hindi talaga siya 100%. But tracing it back to my childhood, I think I already had that bias for fairness and equality. I hated it when I see people being unfair and even... I have a story nga na lagi kong kinikwento dyan sa mga friends ko. Kapag, I don't know if you've experienced this... Leah, pero pag nag-grocery, for example, and then iniwan ka ng parents mo kasi may kukunin sila, so ikaw lang mag-isa doon nakapila when you were a kid. And then madaming instances na merong sumisingit doon sa pila. With that, you would think na ako, hindi ko sila papayagan na parang sumingit. Hey, ano, hindi yan tama kasi nga equality, <laughs> ganyan eh. Yeah, yeah. Pero for me, that's just being fair kasi yeah. I'm looking na parang 10 minutes ahead of time Now, what if hindi ko sila pinayagan tapos I ended up waiting for longer 
na bumalik yung parents ko, tapos hindi naman sila bumalik at that time, edi pinaghintay ko pa sila, sana pinauna ko na lang sila. So, ganun na yung, yung view ko, yung viewpoint ko even as a child. Yung fairness na hindi lang siya yung what's in front of you, it's the long haul or yeah. ano yung mga events that will follow this, will it end in a fair fight or or just anything that is fair? If not, if there's just a little indication that it will not, hindi ko na siya ginagawa. So even as a kid, I think I already had that. Yeah. And if I may bring up an anecdote based on economics, diba ngayon, mm-hmm. our tax system is based on how much you earn, right? So yeah. that's what we have in the Philippines and what most other countries have because it's the most efficient way of getting the maximum amount of income for the government. Yeah. But is it fair? You know, that's the question that a lot of us think, specifically for me at least. I think a lot about it. Bakit hindi lump sum? Lump sum is a term for collecting taxes wherein everyone pays the same amount regardless of earning capacity. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, I see this as a pro, number one. Because companies or rich people wouldn't have to hire auditors or accountants that usually... I don't say all the time, but usually, chine change yung content, you know, so that yung kalalabasan ng income tax return or other papers will result yeah, in right lower, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. lower cost of tax. So that's one pro. You don't have to hire auditors to lie on your behalf, something like that. Number two, it will be equal. Like I said, it will be fair. Everyone is gonna pay the same thing. No one's gonna complain. No one's gonna say, oh, I pay more than you. I deserve to use this. Because you know, I'm paying for the common good. I pay more than you do. So I think I have the right of way here. You know, I should be prioritized, something like that. Mm-hmm. And so many other things. But those two are just, you know, the most major pros that I see. But is it really efficient, you know? Um, equality lang, lump sum way of collecting taxes is the way to go because of the aforementioned reasons that I said. But since it's not the goal of the government to be equal or fair, the goal is to get the maximum amount of income. That's the reason why we're doing this whole tax system that we have. We're in. It's based on the earning capacity of each individual. And so I agree with you when you said that it's not just so much about fairness and equality right on spot yeah but you know the, the big picture unless equality and fairness is your number one priority but that is not the priority of tax collection the priority mm. is really to get big amounts of money inflow so yeah and that's just the boring political side of it um yeah can i can i add just a little bit on that yes please because i like what you said that well in a nutshell you just said it's not that simple And when we think about it, if we do those things that we think are fair or equal right now, mm-hmm. if it doesn't fulfill yung goal talaga ng government na to earn income, and you would think, ano ba talagang, ano ba talagang purpose of the government? It's to govern. It's to make sure that its people will live safely and all those things. So kapag hindi sila nag-earn ng income, they won't be able to do that. So kapag hindi nila nagagawa yun, at the end of the line, mas lalo tayong mawawala ng equality, mas lalo tayong mm. mawawala ng fairness. So it's a crazy topic because um, naalala ko lang kasi biglang na-trigger yung, yung philosophical side ko. I was a big consumer of the philosophy of morals and those things, you know, uh, Nietzsche and the philosophers. Kaya 
ayun lang maganda gusto ko lang din sabihin dito sa sa listeners natin na it's open ended um walang mm-hmm. conclusion dun sa diniscuss namin ni Leah just now so mm-hmm. kayo na lang din bahal ang magpasok ng opinions nyo or mga take nyo pero yeah it's not that simple very very complicated indeed and that's you know the side of the government in terms of the private sector for example in schools specifically in american schools because i also tried my shot at that they have this thing called affirmative action i don't know if you've heard of it but i just want to know if ever do you know anything about it by any chance uh no yeah this is cool <laughs> i could like geek about this but i just really want to get your say after my little case Um, so affirmative action is this rule or kind of like a guide wherein colleges and universities will use this affirmative action in order to let students in. So affirmative action is basically allowing the admissions officer to let students in based on their backgrounds, based on their race, based on their family income, based on the schools they attend. And this may sound unfair, right? Because why not? put them all against each other just based on their grades mm-hmm. on their exam scores um based on their SAT results right or based on their extracurricular why do you have to group them example i can't be put against an american student whose family is like a billionaire mm-hmm. they're not going to put me against that but they're going to put me with other filipino kids who are in the upper middle class in based where where I'm from in Bacolod in a private school and for me you know it, it's it's kind of unfair when you think of it that way cuz if ever na you're a high achieving student pero mas magaling ka sa isang american na let's say you know is living in a lower income strata um you're not going to get in because that kid is going to get in based on his affirmative action compared to other lower income students um but in a nutshell this just means that affirmative action allows admissions officers to base the admissibility rate uh, i mean i mean base the capacity of the students based on their backgrounds and not so much in their performance so basically it's not just about the grades or your scores or your performance and your extracurricular activities it's also so much from where you're from so all Asians are put against other Asians if it's just equality if it's just fairness if it's just black and white grades scores extracurriculars do you do you know what will happen if ever just like a quick guess um i really don't know <laughs> yeah no worries um that means all Asians are going to dominate American universities stop okay. American universities right because you have that typical Asian kid who's in piano who's in math who's in the math mm-hmm. math olympiad team science team paano naman yung poor black kid you know growing up in a suburban household whose parents are you know in unconventional situations yeah. so if that's the case you know rich people who come from very very good backgrounds are going to dominate schools and that's that's not going to be fair at all because you you won't be giving spot to those from lower incomes who are doing their best but when you put them against the mediocre rich applicant is still inferior because mm-hmm. they have resources to compete with a very well-rounded very polished rich applicant like that So yeah. that's just my two cents in terms of fairness, and that's why I agree with what you said. Um, there really is no conclusion. Yeah, and and the word that comes to my mind when you were telling me about that was just privilege, and it made me realize. It reminded me that privilege is not something natural. It's mm-hmm. it's man-made, you know, because 
if we're looking at privilege as something that's natural, then we can say that Asian people are more privileged than Caucasians because they are, quote-unquote, more gifted, something like that, in the yeah. things that, that we use as a standard in our society. But that's not happening. Because we can see still that privilege is on the side of the Caucasians because they created it. Because Just because they live in the freest country mm-hmm. in the world, in the biggest mm-hmm. country in the world, just because of that. So, alam mo yun, parang yung fairness na ngayon, biglang lumalabo na siya. Ano na ba talaga ibig sabihin natin ng fairness? And if we're allowing fairness, ano yung goal natin for that? Is it ease? Is it progress? Is it to make things easier for people? You know, a lot of things. And kahit saan mo siyang ilagay na scope, mag-iiba-iba yung meaning niya eh. Oh. So for me, even if I'm pushing for this, I don't know anything eh. I can just say my my perspective about fairness. For a lot of people, eto rin eh, binanggit ko din to dun sa article na these people, pag sinabihan mo sila na hey, you have to be fair, kailangan mong paunahin yung mga, yung mga matatanda, yung mga pregnant, yung mga merong dalang anak, yung mga ganun. Ang sasabihin lang nila sa'yo, ako buong araw ko nagtatrabaho, ganyan, kailangan ko daw mo May anak din naman ako naghihintay sa akin. May nanay din naman ako naghihintay sa akin. So pagdating sa kanila, it's still fair. Uh-huh. And that's their goal eh. Their goal is to to go home. And when the goal of that pregnant woman is also to go home, technically, in their own eyes, pare-pareho silang fair. Pare-pareho equal yung nagiging treatment sa kanila. So I think uh-huh. this one, what I'm pushing for in this article, it takes a lot of effort. It requires us to go the extra mile para magawa natin siya. It's not natural, lalo na in today's society where that, what you mentioned, exists. Uh-huh. Na ganun yung ganun yung kino-consider natin as power. Mm-hmm. So yun. Thanks for that. Yeah. And as a content creator and as a business person, I'm sure you also had to be resourceful or madiskarte at some point in your career. So what's one misconception that you had before joining the workforce that, you know, a personal experience of yours debunked? And how did you handle the change or transition from university life which can sometimes be a bubble to the real world? For me, it wasn't really a bubble because when I was studying college, I already took a job as a financial advisor. So I tried to do things. Yung mga hindi nagagawa ng classmates ko like commuting to a meeting or meeting clients. I was already doing that. So yung mga misconceptions na yun, parang mabilis ko din siya na debunk for myself. And the biggest of all is hard work in a sense that when you tell people when other people when society tells people just to work hard again it's not as straightforward as we think it is you still have to find ways to do things you still have to look for mentors to teach you and all of those things so hard work is just one of the elements of success that's what i thought pero i like this question eh kasi the part as a content creator or business person pinag-usapan namin to ng business partners ko one time and sinabi namin you know what if we just do what those other people are doing yung mga deceptive na marketing tactics again kasi as a content creator um heavy on marketing pa din and we see a lot of people na very deceiving yung marketing tactics sila. And we know how to do it because it's very easy to do. Sabi ko, if we just 
do that, if you go down that road, mas magiging mabilis yung growth ng business natin eh. But why are we not doing it? And that's because we we want to be fair. We want to prove that you can succeed by being fair. I don't know if that answered your question because I feel like napalayo na ako din. No, it's fine at all. Actually, I get you. Um, Because I think I'm also in your shoes. I'm not a financial advisor or anything like that. But this podcast is like work as well. Yep, Especially yep. when I was working on my own and I'd spend like 40 hours on this on top of like 30 hours in classes. Yeah. So for sure, definitely. And kudos to you for choosing the work while studying. I mean, not a lot of people would do that because they want to focus on one thing and be super great at it. Mm-hmm. But I disagree. I feel like if you really have that drive to be great at both things, I think it is doable. But yeah. it's just, you know, the idealist in me, like you said, you are also kind <laughs> of someone who's an idealist. So I think we're on the same page with regard to that. Yep. Mm-hmm. And about your essay, you mentioned Filipino resiliency in Bayanihan. What do you mean by your statement? You wrote, and I quote, Aside from resourcefulness, we are also the country that boasts of Bayanihan. We should bring that back. And that was the last line, right, of your essay. And it's interesting, because I, I want to know what you mean. What exactly do you mean by bringing that back? Did you ever think that we lost that trait as a Filipino people? Or did you mean something else? I mean exactly that because when I was doing my commute, I realized ito yung ano eh, ito yung microcosm of the Philippines as a country, the daily, the daily commute. You see a lot of these people, iba-iba sila, pero may nabubuo na culture, na mindset that ayun nga. And one of those mindsets is yung kailangan mag- maging madiskarte, kailangan mauna ka palagi, kailangan hindi ka nagbibigay. And nagiging kultura na siya na very rare na kapag nagko-commute ako that time na merong tao na hindi gagawin yun. That there would be a person na i-give up yung seat niya sa, sa public transportation. Kaya nga, nagba-viral sila eh. Because rare na. Kapag nakakita tayo ng ganun, parang, wow, ano naman to, stand out siya. Kasi walang ibang gumagawa. So I think we really lost it. And when you think of bayanihan, it really feels like a thing of the past. Na ang may-imagine mo yung sa araling panlipunan na subject and then may picture doon of several men na binubuhat yung bahay. Of course, now, hindi na nakasinatin pwede rin magawa yung mabuhat yung bahay. Pero we were taught that those men, hindi sila paid to do it. They just do it because they're in the same community. And ayun eh, yun yung feeling ko nawawala na sa atin. I hope I'm wrong about this, but that's how I felt and that's what I still think having experienced what I experienced in the public commute, which is, yun nga, very accurate representation of what's happening in the Philippines right now. Mm-hmm. And what do you want to say to our listeners who believe that being madiscarte or resourceful for one's benefits is inevitable and is innate in us? Like, uh, probably a way to explain your side that we must value the common good over ourselves first, which is hard, but definitely yeah. doable. And like we mentioned earlier, ideal in order to make this world a little better. Yeah, because the progress, I mean, since society was conceived, wala namang progress kasi when people held back on helping other people for their own sake. If anything nga, yun pa yung nagpe-prevent sa atin to progress in the world. So I think, hindi lang siya moral principle, hindi lang siya moral issue. For me, it's really, alam mo yun, if, if we don't change our ways, the world will end very soon. 
if ganun tayo ng ganun. Because the wars and everything, yung mga problema natin globally are those, eh, those countries, those people na inuuna yung sake nila for, inuuna yung sarili nila instead of parang thinking of other people. And I really want to prove that you can succeed in this world if magigive ka, uh-huh. if you're giving more than you're taking. I just like to prove that. I mean, I think that's, I have just one life mission. I think that's got to be it. That you can succeed if you're a giver. Mm-hmm. A giver and not expecting anything in return for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what's something that you want to say to lawmakers, decision makers, teachers, or basically people in authority who have the power to develop and nurture the value of prioritizing the common good to our youth? Any book, resource, recommendations, and why those materials, if ever? What's something I want to say to lawmakers? Wow. Um, this answer will be quite unconventional because I have nothing to say to them. I want to <laughs> use this opportunity to talk to our voters, <laughs> our current voters, that from from here on or from the next election on, we should start electing people who are really thinking about the country or the people that they serve or their students more than their own personal agendas. And that's tough because we don't know din talaga kung sino. So I think, ayun lang eh, go, go register if hindi ka pa registered na voter. And don't end it there. Don't just be registered. Also be an educated voter. I'm not here. Or never ko naman din na sasabihin na vote for this person, vote for this party, ganyan. I just want us to be more educated in our choices, especially sa pagpili ng mga maglilid sa atin because I think that's gonna tip the first domino na magtutulak talaga sa atin to be a more progressive country. And a lot of things, eh, hindi lang hindi lang yung fairness, hindi lang equality, hindi lang discarte yung mawawala, yung mistaken discarte natin yung mawawala, hindi lang yun, madami pa. And maybe yung mga past guests ni Leah dito, yung mga mission nila or yung mga purpose nila for writing those articles, if ever gusto nila maka-empower doon or if they want to inspire people, I think all of those will be activated if we're being led by the right people. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. And just going back to your essay about this carte, which is something that a lot of people think is the number one trait that one person must have in order to succeed. You know, I want to ask you what your take is on that. In your opinion, what's something that one must have in order to be a successful person or at least, you know, a good person? Yeah, don't get me wrong. This carte is a really good word and it should be good. Yun nga lang kasi, naiiba yung use or perspective ng ta about it because of what's happening right now that I discussed in the essay. Pero aside from that, again, it's just one of the elements that we need, resourcefulness. But aside from that, and more importantly, it's being a giver. So you asked earlier about a book or a resource recommendation. I am currently reading this book called Give and Take by Adam Grant and he discusses there um, with facts or with evidences that givers usually succeed more than takers. Pero you have to be the right type of giver kasi a lot of people din naman are giver pero give lang sila ng give, wala naman silang tinitake or very charitable sila although they need to run a business, tinitreat nila as charity. So you also don't want to be at that end of the spectrum. You want to be at this end of the spectrum that you're giving value and at the same time, you're taking enough value for yourself 
to enable you to give more value in the future. You know, parang you're snowballing your success by giving value to other people. And that, I think, I'm not successful in the definition of it, if we consider that definition of success right now. But being a giver, that's what I'm trying right now. Eh. Yun yung sinusubukan ko gawin for myself. It's a very fulfilling thing. And in whatever I do, I always try to give more than I take. And hindi lang siya sa business nakaka-apekto. Also, with your well-being as a person, mm-hmm. masarap siya sa feeling. And you're getting a lot of friends, di ba? Na wala kang inihingi as a return. And I think it's that, eh. Na if you just practice that or make sure that every day you're, you're giving away something and not expecting anything in return. Your spirituality, your business, relationships, everything, it will be affected positively. Thank you for sharing that. I will for sure check out Give and Take by Adam Grant. Yeah. Yes, thanks for that. Um, so just a great way to end this conversation is to know what makes you excited about right now. So if I may ask you, what's something that's making you super excited about life right now, Ayan? I'm very excited about this thing na naisip ko lang kagabi because I have a brand called The Writing Movement and I just want people to write. I'm tired of parang writers writing about science, writing about math, yeah. writing about engineering, ganyan. I want naman the other way around that people who are really passionate about science, they're scientists or they're engineers, they're really passionate about engineering, engineering graduates sila. And then those people will write about these things that interests them in expectations of just sharing, just sharing what they know. And mm-hmm. who knows, baka magkaroon pa ng interest yung other people. And I think it's that eh. Kaya ang daming namamatay na career or profession sa atin because not a lot of people are being interested in those careers. And if only we have those people, example nga, sige, extreme example na natin, forensic science. If there's just a person who's into Um, forensic science and writing about it and enticing people about it. Alam mo yun, you see, you're seeing the world in other people's perspective. Ang example ko din dyan with my friends kapag tinatanong nila ako about this is kay Carl Sagan, yung sa Cosmos. A lot of people that time wala silang interest dyan. Space stuff, spaceships, or the moon exploration is very technical for a lot of people and walang access dyan yung madaming tao. But because This guy wrote about it and transformed it into something that the public can consume, that the majority of the people can consume. Nag-boost yung interest about it and the government took notice. Mas lumaki yung industry niyan. And that's what I want for for every industry that we have now. Na mag-grow sila because of people's interests. Pero ayun, just keeping the, the craft alive the industries alive because of writing. So I'm excited for that world. Gusto ko yung makita na world that mm-hmm. people are able to express yung thoughts nila, yung emotions nila about whatever it is they're passionate about. For sure. And I hope we can collaborate on that. I, I'll, I'll just message you. Okay. Once we, I come up with something. This is super exciting. This is really in line with my advocacy because I think, you know, as you can probably tell, I'm a storyteller by heart. I'm yeah. a math major by now, but I see myself explaining oh, wow. stuff yeah when proving um theorems and stuff i go over the page um space you know i'm just that kid who when required you know a five sentence essay simply <laughs> five sentence pero and daming yeah. mga complex you know conjunctions and stuff like that that, that make it longer um and so i am a huge believer that it's not enough to work in science to work in law to work in the arts to do whatever you want 
I think it's more important to talk about the work that you do. For yes. Sure. Yes, 100%. Mm-hmm. So I'm really happy that that's what's keeping you so pumped up right now because that's, that's something that's for sure doing that to me. So thank you so much, Aya. And I had so much fun and learned a lot from you. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much, Leah, for inviting me here. Sobrang enjoy yung conversation and everything. And thank you for this, what you're doing right now. It's very aligned to, to that, what I just mentioned, to my mission. It's very aligned to that. And yeah, I'm so excited for you, actually. Thank you. Me too. Let's keep in touch so we can see each other kick ass in the real world in the future. Yeah. Ian Dilla is a 25-year-old content creator and business person. He is one of the core leaders of Passionate Creators and the founder of the writing movement. This has been the Youngblood Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you have any suggestions as to which works to feature on our next episodes, please feel free to reach out to us on Facebook or to DM us on Instagram. We're also on other social media platforms like LinkedIn and Twitter, so if you want please go ahead and give us a follow. We appreciate each and every one of you. I'd also like to thank everyone who's been with us since day one. You guys are the real heroes behind this podcast. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Thank you very much. This has been Leah Angela Schalko. Thanks for listening. Until next time.